0: Hey, you're listening to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we diagnose design drama and talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, medical doctor turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. One, two. What's up, friends? Not a lot here, except for my goofy dog, Bucky. He's my golden doodle, who's a year old, just got neutered. And he's running around the house with a cone on his face, wondering what in the world's going on. (laughs) So that's been entertaining. But I wanted to talk to you today about the biggest challenge that I think people have when working with an interior designer, or even if you're not working with an interior designer, it can be when you're working with a contractor or an architect, or maybe you're just de- redecorating a room on your own. And that big, biggest challenge, I believe, is really just the unknown and the unfamiliar. So not knowing things that you really shouldn't know anyway, simply because this realm of home renovation, interior design is not your field. Just like I don't know the legal ins and outs of certain issues because I'm not a lawyer. (laughs) I shouldn't know those things. We have lawyers for that. Thank goodness I have one of my best friends who is a lawyer and I can just go to her and ask. (laughs) So I found that things come up that we as designers or if you're an architect or a contractor, you accept as just a part of the process because we're so familiar with that process And oftentimes it's our clients, you listeners, where you might perceive the same thing as a big setback or a big disappointment simply because you're not familiar with the process. And just to use an example to kind of clarify what I'm talking about, I'm going to look at a medical example. So As you know, I'm a physician and I haven't practiced in a long time, but I used to practice pediatric allergy and immunology. And I know a lot of you listening are also physicians. So as I go through this example, think about a particular issue that you commonly see in your practice, or if you're not a physician, just in your field of work, whatever that may be. If you're in law, if you're in retail, if you're in sales, think about a particular issue that you see all the time that works like this. So as an allergist, I would have patients come in that wanted to know if they had a food allergy to a particular food. And just for simplicity's sake, let's use milk as an example. The first thing I would ask them would be, what happens when you drink milk or eat foods that contain milk? And many times their answer would be, nothing. Nothing happens. But I've had all of these other problems and they would, you know, list them off. And I just wanted to make sure that it was that these issues are not due to milk. Totally reasonable for a layperson who doesn't know the science behind IgE-mediated food allergy to come to the doctor for this, right? There's no reason that they should know the answer to this question. But as a physician who has had a lot of experience in this area, I know almost immediately that this person does not have an IgE-mediated allergy to milk. Now, there are lots of other types of intolerances that's totally different. For our purposes here, I'm just talking about IgE-mediated food allergy. (laughs) But I can typically say to them, no, I can reassure them, no, you don't have a true allergy to milk. Why? Because the gold standard of food allergy is what happens when you eat the food. So no matter what testing shows, if you can eat the food with no immediate or near immediate symptoms like hives, itching, coughing, vomiting, difficulty breathing, then you don't have an IgE-mediated allergy to the substance. And when most people think of allergy, that's what they're talking about, that IgE-mediated food allergy. So these cases were just a no-brainer for me, but for the patient, it was an entirely different experience. They came in truly worried and concerned and often required a lot of reassurance in these cases. So as you think about like your field of medicine, if you're in medicine or if you're not, things that you deal with on a daily basis that are like no big deal for you but are a big deal for your patients, your clients, or your customers, simply because it's just not their field of specialty. So as I have been working with my interior design clients, I started recognizing issues like this that would come up. And I've really been working on changing my approach So that because my thought is if my clients can understand or have a a little bit better understanding of all of all these common issues that come up and I can help lay the foundation um, for their expectations and for what might happen, this process is going to be a lot more smooth and enjoyable for them and for me, for all of us, because it takes away a lot of that unknown and helps us all manage our expectations going into a project. So today, I'm going to take you through some of that foundation that I'm writing and giving to all my brand new interior design clients. Number one is Murphy's Law of Interior Design. (laughs) If something can go wrong, it will. So if you talk to any interior designer, we will laugh because we know that this is so true. The interior design process, and especially if you're building a new home or remodeling, the process is so detailed that there's a lot of room for just normal human error. And so if you order a product and it comes in, it's likely going to be in the wrong finish or it's going to be damaged in some way. Like I could give you a gazillion examples of if something can go wrong, it will. The benefit to understanding this is that it helps manage your expectations. If you go into a project expecting that it's going to be perfect and that there aren't going to be any problems at all, or any mistakes, we're always going to be disappointed. And while intellectually, we might know that mistakes happen, I think for a lot of us, myself included, when I went through my kitchen remodel, we in our gut, in our the way we feel is that things should not go wrong. And when we allow ourselves to kind of indulge in that feeling or that thought that things should not go wrong, we really set ourselves up for disappointment and frustration. So sort of changing your mindset, shifting your mindset to know that or to to really develop an awareness that things will go wrong and when they go wrong, we're going to solve them and it's okay. That's just part of the process. Looking at it from that perspective can really ease <laughs> some of the frustration that will come up. It's not like you're never going to get frustrated, it's not like you're ever going to get upset, but it can definitely help you manage your mind during the process, and that in of itself is going to be more enjoyable for you. The second thing to remember is that high quality customized items take at least 8 to 12 weeks to arrive. Now, waits have been longer (laughs) during the pandemic, but they're finally settling down a bit. So most manufacturers will tell you that it will take 8 to 12 weeks to receive your sofa or your chair. Now, there are legitimate reasons behind that, and that's because for higher quality customized items They don't have them in all sitting in a big warehouse ready to ship out. They have a frame and then they will take whatever fabric you choose and they actually have to do the work of upholstering it before they ship it out and that's why it takes that long. Now the 8 to 12 weeks is another thing to focus on. I always tell my clients expect at least 12 weeks. That way on week nine when it hasn't come in yet and we ask the company and they say it's still going to be a few more weeks, we're not disappointed. We've managed our expectations beforehand. We know minimum 12 weeks and we accept that and we move on and then we don't have to get, you know, all up in a huff when we think something's going to be longer than that. So if you can um, manage your expectations 12 weeks, um, and unfortunately sometimes it's longer, That's just the way it is. But most of the time, 12 weeks is a really reasonable amount of time to expect. Number three is as you go through the construction process, and this is for only those of you who are building a new new home or who are remodeling, don't feel like asking questions is a nuisance, whether it be asking questions to your contractor, your architect, the subcontractors, or your interior designer. It is always better to ask than to assume because, like I mentioned before, the process is detailed. It involves a lot of steps. There's a lot of room for miscommunication and mistakes, so it's always better to ask. You're not bothering me <laughs> by any means, and hopefully you're not bothering your contractor or the other subcontractors, um, and even if you are that's okay. Ask anyway. It's always better to ask than to assume and then um, things not turn out the way they were supposed to turn out because of a miscommunication or mistake. Okay, so moving on to number four. This involves uh, tile. Okay, so if you're having tile installed on the floor in your kitchen or even if it's a backsplash or maybe in your bathroom, always ask your tile installer to do a dry lay of your tile so that you can make sure that it's correct. And what I mean by that is have them lay out the design and the pattern that's been decided on so that you can take a look at it before it's been grouted onto the floor or the wall. And doing this prevents a lot of issues like I've had people that leave for work their tile installers coming and they have um, kind of a thin rectangular tile and it was supposed to be laid in a herringbone pattern and they come home and it's been laid in just an overlapping brick pattern. So this could have been because of miscommunication and so if you have your tile installer lay it out for your approval before it's actually grouted you can totally avoid this happening number five is sort of similar to number four actually oftentimes work gets done when we're not at home so you're at work and sometimes it's tile but oftentimes it may be cabinet installation it may be countertop installation it may be painting whatever it is if something big is going on and you know that you're not going to be there I would do one of two things Number one, you always have the option of having a friend or a family member or someone that you trust that knows the design, know how you know everything has been decided, like what paint color, where the paint goes, what tile pattern is supposed to be laid, how the countertop is supposed to look. Have somebody that you trust be there and available at the site or for the subcontractors to ask questions should they come up. Because I think often what happens is that say the tile installer or the painter will have a question that comes up and there's nobody there to answer it and so they have to make their best educated guess sometimes that's no big deal sometimes it's it is sometimes it's not what you want so if you have somebody available either there on site or give them your cell phone number Or in my case, I tell my clients I'm available for these questions. Have them text me because most of my work is remote. So if they know that they have somebody to text when these questions come up, you can give them the answer and you can avoid a lot of mistakes this way. The next tip is when you start getting packages in the mail. So let's say either you're remodeling and you're getting your shipment of tile in and it's all sitting out in the garage in big boxes, (laughs) or maybe it's your cabinet hardware, or maybe you're redecorating a room and your side table has been delivered or your lamp has been delivered and it's sitting, sitting in a box at your entryway or in your garage. I always recommend opening all of those packages within 24 hours of receiving them and just checking and making sure number one that it's the right item in the right finish and number two that it's not damaged. I've had people that have had big boxes of tile sitting in their garage for months and when the tile installers are there that day to install it and they open it up and it's all broken. So if you know about those things, because, of course, as we discussed Murphy's Law, (laughs) things like that are are a part of it, unfortunately, Um, and they do happen. But if you know about it soon enough, that problem can be remedied by the time, you know, the tile installer gets there. Or if you've ordered a lamp and you're waiting to put it in your room until everything else gets there, which is going to be, you know, 12 weeks away, and... It's 12 weeks, weeks later, you have everything. You open your lamp and they sent a blue one instead of a green one. If you had known about that right when you got it, you could have already had the correct lamp by then. So always open up and inspect all of your products, fixtures, and finishes within 24 hours of receiving them. And finally, my last tip is in reference to painting. So never judge a newly painted room that's empty. it is always a shock (laughs) because you're not used to it. And when you put furnishings and rugs and window treatments and other things in a room, it can totally change what you perceive that color to look like. So I'm not saying that you'll always, you know, end up liking it. You may not, but don't pass judgment until everything's in the space. So those are my top tips that I've actually incorporated into a welcome kit for my interior design clients in addition to a lot of other information so that as we work together we are on the same page. We're both managing our expectations and we can approach our project as um, a really great team or partnership and so I thought I would share these with you because I feel like if even if you're not working with a designer, these are of information that are going to be helpful to you. This is not a comprehensive list. I will be adding, I'm sure, to this in the future and I will update you on this podcast uh, as I think of those and add those. All right, well that wraps things up for today. Happy decorating. I'll see you next week. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating, be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.